Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Just after 10 o'clock, we are underway on a Thursday. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, uh, we're going to start things off in towards the bottom of the hour for our friend Jeff Hughes. Jeff Hughes, DeBearsBlog.com. It's DeBears, it's the Buccaneers. Soldier Field uh, is the site of that one tonight. NBC has the telecast. Kick about 7.15, 7.20. The Bears trying to well, win a game this week after falling on Sunday. They began the week uh, began Sunday three and zero. Don't want to end Thursday three and two. And they've got a tough assignment as the Buccaneers are in town. A good defense, multiple Super Bowl winning quarterback. Dot dot dot. So we'll talk to Jeff Hughes, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Just before the top of the hour, about ten minutes before the hour of eleven, Lee with ParamountSports.com. Uh, he's coming off another winning week, I believe. He's what if he had four weeks? I think he's had one week where he didn't. Yeah, one, one, three, and one. And outside of that, yeah. a couple of real good ones and another winner last week. Another winner last week. And some indeed. big games he's got on the slate this week. I'm anxious to hear yes. what he thinks of them. So we'll hear from our friend Lee Sterling about 10 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock. Uh, to kick off the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to go to the state of Texas. Chris Level, Red Raiders Sports. He is... Well, in, in football season for Texas Tech, he's Ben Bruns. In basketball season for Texas Tech, he's Eric Heft. Analyst for hoops, sideline reporter for football, but we will talk to him about those Red Raiders uh, who will make their way here to Ames for a 2.30 kickoff on a Saturday afternoon. The bus uh, coverage gets underway. John Walters, Eric Heft, the whole crew at Learfield, Brent Bloom uh, at 12.30. Uh, kickoff is at 2.30 on the bus, 100.3 FM. And if you're listening in Ames on KASI 1430, that's where the Cyclones play in Story County. And then John Bowenkamp from HawkeyeNation.com. What? Yes, he just published his first piece at HawkeyeNation.com. Good to see that he's landed on his feet. Mm-hmm. He's covered the Hawks for a long time. He's a talented writer. He's a Dodger fan. And after that game last night, we'll have to double dip uh Oh, boy, that was a good game oh, last night. Oh, my gosh. October baseball, right? Um, this, by far and away, though, to me, was the best game we've seen in the playoffs. I know the latest is always the greatest. Uh-huh. But, boy, it seems like that was the one that stands out above the others, just the catch and the back and forth. And um, it was a hell of a ball game. Hell of a ball game. Uh, Astros was pretty good in its own right in the A's earlier in the afternoon as those pesky A's wouldn't go away. Going to push those Astros. Yanks now on the precipice mm-hmm. of being eliminated by the Tampa Bay Rays. God, they're a good baseball team, Trent. They the, really are. Watching early on, I don't even know how to say the guy's name. The young guy, bats third, or Rosanina. Uh, uh, for, for, the, for Tampa Bay. Oh, he's Rosarina. been ridiculously hot. In, Trent, I didn't know this. He was a Cardinal last year. Really? He was a St. Louis Cardinal last year. I had no idea. Apparently, now I'm guessing that hardcore uh, Cardinals fans would know that, or maybe they wouldn't, because... He played 19 games last year. And and for the Cardinals. 23 at-bats. That's it. Yeah, uh, Arena, the left fielder. 
I think I'm saying it right. Mm-hmm. They can't get him out. No. And they haven't been able to get him out the entire playoffs. He's incredibly fast. Not mm-hmm. only has the pop that he's shown in this playoffs, but also what he did at an infield single against what Lemie, who I think was trying to make the play against him. He's an incredible player. And yeah, that's. He legged it out. This is learning about this race team because, mm-hmm. again, there's names that you know. Tyler Glass now. Okay. You're a baseball fan. You right. know that name. Right. But for the Kier most Meyer. part. Yeah. Yeah. Meadows. Of the 28 man roster. Yeah, that's a good point, Trent. Certainly half of it are. Yep. Where, what's this guy's story? Yeah, where did he come from? Yeah, who'd they get out of the scrap heap and find this guy? That's what this organization it does. Is. Just think of that front office and what they do. If they actually had money to spend, uh, maybe it's better that they don't. Well, their bullpen is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the starters are good. Uh, so the Yankees, it's it's winner go home. How about that? The Yankees, winner go home. Boy, it's a good thing Stanton showed up because you can't say that about a lot of the other guys on this squad. And you know what, Aaron Boone, we didn't get into this yesterday, but still that decision. I know. I want to talk too. with Birchie about it. And we just ran out of time mm-hmm. when we were doing baseball in the second well, hour. He yesterday. started Garcia and then pulled him after yeah, one inning. I mean, we got into that part of it. It just you have Tanaka. Mm-hmm. Tanaka got got, yeah, <laughs> gave up good. the three-run homer, yeah. but really good career in his place. Gave up the three-run homer and maybe shouldn't have because it was a, again. <laughs> I, You're going back to the ump show? Yeah, it trend, it was a strike him out, throw him out. Yeah. They should have been out of the inning, uh-huh. and boom, three-run jack. Instead of 1-1, Yankees coming to the plate, 3-1, Kiermaier circling the bases. A three-run shot, make it 4-1, Kiermaier circling the bases. I mean, here, here's another one. I mean, we could do this, and we do do this every day. One of the Braves, Duvall, I want to say, flew out to right field on a four-ball, two-strike count. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. At, at, at four no, balls? No, that wasn't ball four that he swung at. Okay. He'd actually had four balls and should have been standing on first base after he took his walk. A major league umpire, mm-hmm. home plate, in the playoffs, lost track of the count. Not only that. But during the course of a regular season, things like that are going to happen. On a Tuesday night with yeah. uh, 9,000 fans. It's, it's July 20th. Right. It's been it's a hot. long season. you got a long season Absolutely. still in front of you. Okay. Yep. This is the playoffs. Not only that, there are now six umpires that are point. part of the crew. you got a yep. left field and a right field umpire, yep. along with first, second, third, and home. Six guys out there, and not one of them said, you know what, Trent? I'm wondering if the other five thought that, well, maybe I missed a pitch or something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they thought that... I have it wrong. Yeah. Home plate umpire. He's got this. Right. That's his job. Right. He flew to right and almost left the ballpark, which would have been appropriate because he should have been standing on first base. And again, it didn't matter because the Braves ended up winning the baseball game. But you're in the playoffs. A major league umpire behind home plate. Blew the count. (laughs) And how about Ian Anderson? That that was my takeaway yesterday. Another young arm Mm -hmm. for the Braves. That's all they need, right? That dude's going to be good. He's 22. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there were those guys that came up very early in their career that we grew up with, and they were they were the unicorns. And now every team has these yeah, guys. Yeah, you talked Stays about Crochet way. with the White Sox, and we just see these guys. Kirloff makes his first major league start and does in the playoffs and has a hit and a great catch for the Twins. These guys come up and they're just ready to go, and they're doing it without having a minor league season. Right. That's another thing that's just baffling. Now, Anderson, he, he made his debut before that, but still. Young. These young guys and how they're ready to go. And this goes at all levels. I, I think of all the high school sports that I do. And it was such an absolute craziness to see a freshman or a sophomore playing at the varsity level. It was so rare growing up in, in the 80s and into the 90s. Mm-hmm. You just didn't see it. And when he did, 
They were really, really special. Joel Lanning started as a freshman at Ankeny, a quarterback. And now you look up and down the rosters of all these teams, and seemingly even the top-level teams, they have young guys that are playing. Yeah. And they're out there at 14 years old, That's and they're nuts. playing at a high level. Seeing it in baseball year after year after year. The first time I saw Peyton Williams at Johnston. Now, he was built a little bit differently than most freshmen that were out there. And these kids belong. And I mean, it's got to be a part of how much more of the sport that they play being specialized, going out there, and you're just you're just ready because you've seen so many pitches, you've taken so many shots in big environments in game environment that you haven't before. Seeing on the football field and going to seven on seven camps and on and on and on, but it's wild from the professional ranks down to the high school ranks. Young people just ready to go from the get go. No, it's a, it's outstanding, Trent, and they belong, as you said, right? And, yeah, and they're getting their opportunity and. Uh, we're seeing the major league level. It's uh, it's fun to watch these young kids, and especially fun this year because this was one of the not that we were cheated, um, but over the course of a six month season, you're going to watch more teams, right? You're gonna you're gonna watch a baseball game. I, I didn't know the Rays. I didn't know the Marlins this year. I hardly knew the Braves for crying out loud. All the changes, the West Coast teams, forget about it. You're not seeing those. We we got a. a um, uh, daily dose of Central Division baseball. And it was fun. It was fine. And that's my question to you, based on the fact that we only got 60 games, because there's a lot of, oh, the ball is juiced. Because mm-hmm. balls are flying out of ballparks. Yes, they are. I mean, at a, I don't know if it's a record pace, but it sure seems like that. Somebody said this the other day, and I wish I could remember who it was, but I think that maybe maybe the balls are juiced. I don't know. But the fact that these guys didn't play in buck 62 in a marathon and do so coming out of a month long where they're playing every day in spring training, that their bodies aren't as worn down as you get to October as they normally would be. Therefore, if there is a juice ball in the combination that these guys haven't had the wear and tear on their body over six months, maybe that's led to these home runs at the numbers that we're seeing. I think more than anything, though, it's just the way the game is played today. And when launch angle has become such a pushy point for yeah. every single organization now. It's it's not about slapping the ball to the opposite nope. field. It's not about changing your approach, approach with two strikes. It's not what it is. Hit the ball out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you just see, just look at the guy's swings and how different they look and that upper cup jack swing that most everybody has now in baseball. I wonder why it took so long for this to come into the game, right? Because yeah. they were brilliant baseball men for, for the history of the game. Yet this launch angle thing that mm-hmm. you just brought up, it, it's a big, big talker right now does tony gwynn come up as quickly a guy like that that is just uh, a singles hitter yeah is and, he and right field wade boggs is are these mm. kind of players are they hall of famers mm. are they told you need to change your approach and their approach i think they're hall good of enough? famers but to your second point are they told this isn't going to work at this right. level we need you yeah, to an interesting take do x y and z in order for you to become the kind of player that we yeah. want. And think of the number of players. I see a guy every day with my twins, Luis Arias, who yeah. is completely different than most everybody left in baseball. He's a slap hitter. You don't see those guys anymore. He makes great contact. He rarely strikes out. But those guys, there's still a spot for him. But you have to be really special at that. You can't just get by being a pretty good contact hitter. You either have to be a great contact hitter or you have to change your approach, or you're not going to stick in the league anymore. Mm, interesting take. Uh, football tonight, of course, your Bears are in action against uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Look, as much as Brady gets the headlines, and he should, mm-hmm. 
Um, Tampa Bay's defense, in particular, and, I, and now that they've added Winfield, the second-round pick mm-hmm. out of Minnesota, who's absolutely making an impact and is going to be in the conversation for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Another thing that bothers me, you and I both saw him in his collegiate yeah. career. He was great. He was terrific. You knew he's got pedigree. Yeah. His dad yeah, was a great right. player himself. And he's a second-rounder. This guy's going to play. He's going to be mm-hmm. on a rookie-skill contract. You're a late first-round team. All right, we plug this guy in for the next four or five years. I just, I'm baffled by that. Same thing with Desmond King, falling all the way to the fifth round. First rounder, okay, you can make that. I get it with the speed, but still, he has been a productive player in the league. These kind of guys that are great collegiate players, maybe they're a tick slow on the 40, whatever it is, but when you're looking at that late first round, those are the kind of guys that push your team past what they are, just a playoff team and get to that next level. And him falling to the second round was uh, baffling to me. I, I'm with you. Uh, but that front four, I mean, mm-hmm. and Dominican Vita Via, who yes. is an absolute beast in in the middle of that line. He was he was a first-round pick, middle of a first-round. Uh, JPP still playing at a high level. Shaq Barrett, the Broncos didn't need him. All they did was send him on his way, and he led the lead in sacks the, the very the year that they cut him. They're third in the Don't league mean. right now in sacks. They got 14. And that... Levante David's a player, too. Yes, he is. This is a really, really Devin good White defense. was he their first round pick? I believe he was. Okay, uh, this uh, this past year, I think it was was it uh, this year or last year? But he's an early round pick. They've uh, they've uh, focused on the defense, and then they went and built their offense. And Mike Evans was already there, and Godwin was already there. Uh, bring in uh, they lost the tight end OJ Howard from mm-hmm. uh, Alabama. He tore his Achilles, but uh, Fournette not, can run the football. Not they, bad when you have Cameron Brayton, Gronkowski still hanging that's out. That's just it, right? And, and Tom Brady, who's not the same Tom Brady. I don't think we've seen him prone to a couple of mistakes. Uh, and I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm, I mean, I would assume, listen, I'm not saying he's washed up, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you who's made a huge impact on that team. Are you going Scotty Miller? No, I'm talking about their first round pick from this year. Ah, Tristan Wirfs. Tristan Wirfs has been amazing at the right tackle position. How about Bosa singing his praises yes. after their last Bosa, game? for the most part, did nothing, Trent. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who got a major contract this offseason and is one of the best at what he does. And Tristan Wirfs held him in check for the most part last week. That was the concern about this team. Their offensive line before... When Brady first made that decision, well... He's going to get killed. Yeah. He can't run around. Their guard position was as bad as anybody in football last year. The tackles, at least one tackle spot was okay. Mm-hmm. But they draft Wirth. They brought in a free agent at the, at the guard position. Suddenly, this is one of the top 10, 12 offensive lines in the game, and Wirth's is a big, big part of that. Where did they fit in the uh, a- NFC for you? I mean, mm. I, to me, they're, they're behind Green Bay and Seattle. But are they mm. that next team? I think so. Even that first game against New Orleans, they're... Only loss of the season. It's kind of a weird game. It just uh-huh. it was felt a weird odd. Game. Yep, Brady threw a pick six. He did. Yeah, I would put them there. I mean, the Rams are a factor out west. I still think for whatever reason, I can't get off this Niner team despite how many <laughs> injuries. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I'm probably staying. With there are two wins there that gets the get Jets it. and the Giants. I know they love those New York teams. Uh, that's part, that's fair. Um, but c- clearly the Rams are in the conversation. The NFC stinks. Oh, yes. Uh, I don't think there's a second team. Um, it's the Packers and who? That's it. it. That's it, right? Speaking of the game tonight, we were uh, talking a little bit, and we were talking about the point spread. This point spread is not making a whole lot of sense. Right now in Vegas, the Bears are down to now just a three-and-a-half-point dog to Tampa. Mm-hmm. Everything we've seen, certainly last week from the Bears, getting by the first three weeks, trailing big late in two of those games. 
they don't look very good. Nope. And you bring in a Tampa team that's playing well, one three in a row. And brings a defense with them. Brings a defense. They can score. It opens at five and a half, yet it's trickling down. So why? The money is coming in on Tampa. 80% of the cash and 80% of the bets. So it's not like there was a one... Is this, a, is this across the board in Vegas, or is it one shop? It's the, that Sportsbook Spy website that I have okay, that, yeah. that has a multitude of different websites all uh, put together, a multitude of different books that come together, and that's where they get their number from. It doesn't make so sense So dropping on the, the point spread, they're going to get Tampa money. They are. So why do they... And, and they've got... What did you say? Eight out of ten dollars are bet on, on Tampa? Uh-huh. And eight out of the ten bets are being made on Tampa. Do the books know something that we don't? This is the old reverse line movement. All the money's coming in on one side. All the bets are coming in on Mm -hmm. one side. Yet the points spread continues to trickle down. Now, you also see this is being set up for possibly a bigger play coming from a couple of the properties out there, a couple of the syndicates that, let's see if we can drive this thing down and then we'll buy it. If it gets down to a field goal, then we're jumping all in. Absolutely. and And that kind of thing. So, Maybe that's where this is coming from. You can buy into that. But this is reverse line movement throughout the years in the NFL when you see this over 75% of the number, yet you see the point spread moving the other way. It hits at about 62%. That means if you believe in those numbers, the Bears are going to cover. I can't see it. Trent, I don't either. In fact, if this game was a Sunday game, this would be on my picks for tomorrow. I, I love Tampa in this spot. Yeah, I do. Nick Foles was pedestrian. What what would it take for them to go back to Trubisky tonight? Injury. That you, so you don't think, uh, barring an injury, you think that, that they are... See, I thought last week that, you know, maybe this team needs a spark. Uh-huh. Maybe They've got a lot of money invested in this kid. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of egg on faces that they Ryan still... Ryan Pace might have his job invested Well, that's in just it, right? And you, you got to... He's going to get another chance at some point mm-hmm. because this is it for him. It, it's He's not going to get another year if indeed it ends like this with him standing on the sidelines wearing his helmet looking dejected. Um, I, I just wonder if, it, if this team needs a spark. Would they... When would Pace pull that trigger? Let's say it's middle of the third quarter, gave Foles a couple of drives. And we're seeing the same as we saw last yeah. week again tonight. A bad pick. Bad read. You're down. No still. energy. No, yeah. Bunch yep. of three Flat and outs. Yep. Yeah. But it's still a manageable game. You, you still can. You're down a couple of scores. You're down 13. And I'm not saying, by the way, that Mitchell Trubisky is going to bring him back. <laughs> but sooner, you have to give this kid another chance just because you, A, moved up from three to two to get him and you didn't have to. No. And B, the quarterbacks you left on the board when you took him. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And Patrick that other Holmes. kid. What's his name? The MVP. The MVP. At five to it. one. Boy, geez, fans are freaking out. Oh, they are freaking out. When they saw that picture of the hug with Stephon Gilmore at the yeah. end of that football game, and now he's a pause. By the way, Tennessee. Yeah, fill me in a little bit more. I, so I just this saw is some what Twitter happened. stuff this morning. So they had two more positives. Yeah. So they were, we, we, we saw all this stuff hit the fan last week, right? And they postponed the game mm-hmm. against the Steelers, and they're in lockdown. But the 15 or 13 Double-digit players decided to get together on a practice field mm. when they were told you cannot do this for nothing. You, and a Titans practice field. And it, well, I don't know if it was a Titans or practice field. Or was it just or, a high school field? In, yes. In, in, I believe that's the case. Okay. But regardless. Yeah, they got together and they practiced with each other. <sighs> well, there's a spreader amongst them. Now these th- positives continue to pop up. Trent, I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know 
if the league is going to drop a hammer, see that as draft picks because that's mm-hmm. currency, right? I mean, yeah. these owners, they don't bat an eye when they write a check. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. They're billionaires. Their franchises are worth billions with a B. But draft picks are currency in the NFL. It's not cash. One other interesting part about this that I read today, I think it was from Schefter, uh, if the game is forfeited. Which I think it should be at this it, point. And we very well are trending to that direction. If that does happen... The Bills, who they play this week, would not receive a game check for this game. They would not be paid for this game if it ends in a forfeit. Well, what did they do wrong? Exactly. Exactly. And I think there's. And the Players Association is. They signed off on this before the season that if there is a COVID related forfeit because of not following protocol, the team that is forfeited too does not get their game check this week. Well, the t- Titans, I could see them not getting well, Absolutely. But the yeah. team that's supposed to play them, who yeah. did nothing wrong, who's followed the uh, the protocols that the league have put in place to the letter, they're going to not get paid? There's Ooh. no game. That means no television. That means no check there. That means, of course, nobody in the stands. And that's how you get to it. Boy, it's Maybe seems, the Titans should pay their game checks. That seems very short-sighted, though. If that actually I mean, Titans comes... Titans pay the Bills their yeah. game checks. But not, if that comes to fruition... Oh, boy. Mm. Are there going to be a lot of upset people about that? Yeah, I didn't know that. I did not see that angle. Well, speaking of money and paying money, let's see. We had a winner, by the way, down the hall. The first one in the yes. building. Uh, I Heart Des Moines is on the board. Simon Conway show in the afternoon had a winner in the 4 o'clock hour. It's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword LOVE to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance to win 1000 bucks. That's LOVE to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Hi, more on the Bears and the Buccaneers. Could this <laughs> one get ugly? Oh, yeah. I think it can, too. I've 34, what's 13. It, what's it going to take, hardcore Bears fan, to you to, for you to flip over to MLB? <laughs> Not a ton. Really? Just, you don't go down with your ship? No, they're so hard to watch. <laughs> Last week with the Colts. It was bad, Trent. I was, I was flipping around a lot. It just... Yeah. It wasn't fun. It wasn't entertaining. No. And yeah, it's my team. It's the team I root for, but they're not an entertaining football team. No. It, it's crazy. A three and one. Still a great chance to be a playoff team. No. And last week was, it wasn't devastating. But you sure feel, you felt pretty good. Wow, there's seven teams. They're going to get one of those seven berths, right? Not right. going to say they're winning the division, but they're going to get. Now, after what we saw against the Colts, knowing the Bucks are coming, sure feels a whole lot different. If it's the same thing we saw last week, the offense is doing nothing. They're not going to win the game. And we got a compelling Yankees on the brink of elimination. Mm-hmm. Dodgers, Padres, maybe they're getting into it a little bit, something oh, like that. I'll, I'll Did you have any there. problem with the with the with the barking and the chirping no. back and forth? I didn't even I Machado chucked his bat for crying out loud. You I know? love that stuff. It chuck your bat and, and then holler back at him. It's baseball. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I thought I, I enjoyed the hell out of the, the histrionics in that. Uh, Gratterall, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen that where, where the pitcher gets that, uh, gets the third out and throws his glove in jubilation, then takes his hat off and does a chuck of that. Yeah, okay. But that was Machado. That mm-hmm. was based on Machado, what he did with the bat toss. I'm, I think it's good for the game. Have fun. I'm with you. I mean, the old school don't like it. The sun you're going to get probably, you know, thrown at at some point if this was the regular season. But it's not. It's the playoffs. It's the playoffs, right? Batista had the bat flip heard around the world, but it was in the playoffs. It's a different 
era today. Yeah. Let the guys have fun. Let them bark a little bit. Trent, if this is game deal. 41, I could understand why they'd be pissed off. Mm-hmm. Both sides. I could understand why the Dodgers would have been pissed at the bat, flop, at, bat flip, and I could understand uh, why the um, uh, the Padres would have been pissed at Gratterall for what he did. And, and how about the announcing crew yesterday talking about just how much Machado had struggled against the slider of Kershaw. Smoltz, his words were out of his mouth, Trent, when the ball was leaving the park. Gone. <laughs> yes. Oh, that, that was, I remember that because I know exactly what you're talking about. That was fun. Boy, baseball was good yesterday. Uh, Let's get another game. good one today with four I'm games going for it. Early game, game wasn't really good, but an ump gave a guy another pitch. Right. Then we saw the uh, the A's come back. It's good for them mm-hmm. because that's a fun series. Then the Rays, geez, unbelievable. Yankees on the brink. Who is it? Montgomery today, I believe, for the Yankees will go. Here's the thing. If you're a Tampa Bay Rays fan, and I know that we're talking to none of them right now, um, don't you have to win tonight with Cole tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Don't absolutely. you feel like that? Yeah. You go to a game five with yeah. Cole on the bump. But it's still the race. I know, but they got some magic. They do, but it sure feels like this is their chance today to knock those Yankees out. We'll talk to Jeff Hughes, thebearsblog.com next. More on Thursday night football. More on a whole lot of football with. Excuse me. No, y'all right over there. Um, More with uh, more football with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports uh, coming up at about ten minutes before the hour of eleven. Chris Level covers Texas Tech, and John Bowenkamp writes for HawkeyeNation.com. Those are our eleven o'clock hour guests as we take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six org. If you missed it, the keyword this hour, love to 200-200, love to 200-200. Another one coming up in the 11 o'clock hour right now. Jeff Hughes, thebearsblog.com. It's the Buccaneers, it's the Bears, it's Thursday Night Football back on NBC. Bears after they uh, let one get away uh, last week, uh, last Sunday rather, against the uh, Colts. We'll try and get back in the win column. Jeff Trenton, Ken, as always, thank you for joining us, Jeff Hughes. Before we take a look at tonight, let's go back to last week. Uh, just uh, in a nutshell, uh, what happened? Are the, are the Colts legit? Which I kind of think they are. Uh, but how would you sum up last week? Well, I'd sum it up twofold. Yeah, I do think the Colts' defense is a terrific unit. Um, I, I, the, the offense was exactly what I expected them to be. But the defense flies around. They hit. Uh, Matt Eberflus has done a terrific job. I, I would expect Matt Eberflus to be on some short list for a head coaching gig next year. But I think there's a bigger picture for the Bears that I've been writing about this week, and that is we are now seeing what happens when you mismanage, again, the quarterback position. If the Bears were willing to yank Mitch Trubisky out of the third game of the season, then Nick Foles should have been named the starting quarterback this summer. He should have had two weeks of first-team reps in August to get ready for the opener. He should have been able to play the opener, go through the film study, work with his teammates, and develop over the course of the season. And instead, they threw him out there in the middle of the game. He got two or three practices for his first start, and now he's going to make his second start as the Chicago Bears quarterback, having four practices with the first-team offense. Four. That is not enough. And this team is in the middle now of what is going to be, I believe, a playoff chase. So they mismanaged the quarterback position, and Bears fans who are listening will tell you this isn't new. 
for some reason, when it comes to quarterback and Chicago Bears, this organization never gets it right. And they got this wrong again. And I, I had another point. Trubisky worked all offseason with these receivers. He's had three years with a lot of them. He would have been a natural to come off the bench. It would have been seamless for him. Foles should have been the starter week one, and now the Bears are in a, a tough spot because they're sticking with Foles, but he's got to learn on the job. It's a scary proposition, no doubt, and we'll see Foles. You would hope another week, short week, but that he would look better than he did against the Colts. This Buccaneer defense, though, they can get to the quarterback, and with the issues we saw inside with the Bears' offensive line, James Daniels, the former Hawkeye, struggled. Afedi, who wasn't a very good tackle in Seattle, but had been a good guard the first few weeks for the Bears, he had some issues, too. Your thoughts on the offensive line trying to hold up against this very talented Tampa front? They got overwhelmed by the Indianapolis defense, but they played right into that defense's hands. And I'm hoping they don't do the same thing tonight. What Tampa wants you to do on offense is run the ball on first down. That's what they feed off of. They want you to run the ball on first down. They want to get you in a second and long. And then they want to unleash their pass rush. And Todd Bowles will send everybody. Todd Bowles is one of the more aggressive defensive coordinators in the game. He wants to send pressure. And I don't think this offensive line is equipped to handle six guys coming at him. Most offensive lines are not. So what this Bears team needs to do tonight is change it up, look to throw on early downs. If you go back and watch Bucks Chargers from last weekend, Justin Herbert torched this Bucks secondary on early downs. He went deep a whole lot on early downs because they're sitting deep in coverage and sending guys on run blitzes. So if the Bears think tonight they're going to they're going to line up on first down and hand it to Montgomery or hand it to Patterson, and that's going to be their mode of success. It is not. Mm-hmm. They will find themselves in a lot of the situations they were in last week. They have to throw early, and you throw to run. That's an interesting take, Jeff, and I and I um, I get what you're saying. I do because uh, look at uh, Sue and JPP, in particular Vita Via in the middle of that defensive line. I don't look for David Montgomery uh, to have a very good night tonight. I, I just. For, I just see him being shut down, especially when we saw with that offensive front the uh, troubles that they had last week. I think you're on to something uh, with that take. So when you look at Tom Brady offensively for the Buccaneers, what, what have you seen from Brady four weeks into his Tampa Bay career? It looks like Tom Brady for the last 15 years. I mean, he's... You don't think he's... I mean, he's thrown a couple of pick sixes. I, I don't yeah, know. They're arm strength based. So yeah. what I've been writing about with Tom Brady is... The arm strength just sort of comes and goes now because he's 43, and the arm strength's not going to be where it used to be. So I think where he gets into trouble is when he tries to throw these intermediate out routes to the sideline, and he just doesn't have enough zip on the ball to get it there. But if you watch Tom Brady throw deep balls, if you watch Tom Brady hit these tight end verticals, which it just seems like we've been watching him hit forever, and if you watch Tom Brady throw to, it's always a tiny white receiver, he's been doing the same kind of guys for 20 years now, to Scotty Miller, it just looks like, to me, the same guy. The difference is now Tom Brady's going to throw three or four balls a game that he thinks he has enough arm for, and he doesn't. And you need to capitalize on those, catch them, and return them. He's going to give you opportunities now to turn him over that he did not give you in the past. So you have to capitalize because what happens with Brady is what always happened with Brady. When he gets in rhythm, when he's taking the snap and when he knows where he's going with the ball, I just don't know how you stop him. He's that smart. He's that accurate, and he's that good. So you have to knock him out of his rhythm. Pressure's always been the way to get to Tom Brady, and not pressure from the edge, pressure from the middle. That's what the Giants learned in a couple of Super Bowls. Get to his feet, make him uncomfortable in the pocket. That's when he'll start seeing Aaron throws, but you cannot let him get into a rhythm. 
You can find Jeff's whole preview at TheBearsBlog.com. And one thing as I was reading through it this morning, Jeff, that jumped out to me, it was in my notes from Sunday in the Bears game. Roquan Smith played incredibly well. But his matchup here tonight, as he'll go up against a running back coming out of the backfield in Ronald Jones, something to keep an eye on. Roquan, though, I guess one of the few bright spots you'd have to say for the Bears last weekend. He was the best player on the field for the Bears last week. And and that wasn't a particularly close second, although Akeem Hicks <laughs> has a really nice start to the season. Uh, Ronald Jones is starting to work more into the passing game for Tom Brady. Tom Brady does not want to get hit. That, we've known that about Tom Brady for a long time. At 43, he really doesn't want to get hit. So, so Tom Brady will dump the ball to Ronald Jones four or five times to, to, uh, tonight, and it'll be on Roquan Smith to hunt him down and make sure he doesn't get up the field because we've seen Danny Trevathan cannot play that role anymore. He cannot get sideline to sideline the way he used to. So that'll be Roquan's job. Uh, yeah, Roquan jumped off the screen. Now, on the rewatch of the game, he was even better than I thought he was. So I don't think that Ronald Jones screen is going to be a big weapon for the Bucks tonight. As a matter of fact, knowing Bruce Arians, he might not even go to it. I don't think he'll want to expose Jones to those hits from Roquan. Uh, but Roquan's been terrific here in the first month. And the defense, by and large, has been very good. Now, listen, they're not as elite as maybe I hoped they'd be early, but they certainly show signs that they can be. Uh, what about, I asked Trent this at the beginning of the show, and I, I know you, the quarterbacks, I agree with you, they've mishandled it in a lot of ways. What would it take, I mean, if the Bears come out and they're lethargic in the first half, right, and Foles can't get anything going, and the offensive line is struggling a little bit, and they can't get, uh, Foles is, you know, he can't get the passing game going, he's taken a couple of sacks, dot, dot, dot. What would it take uh, for them to, to, you know, to try Trubisky. Is there an opportunity in this football game, even to give him a series, whether it works out or not? Um, any chance that happens? I do not think so. No, I, I think the ship has sailed on Mitch Trubisky, and I think Matt Nagy is serious when he says that it's Foles' job for the rest of the year. They'll give Foles three or four weeks here. Uh, if Foles looks terrible after a month, maybe, and they're just losing games, maybe they would go back to Mitch. If they go back to Mitch in this season, the season's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no... Well, you can't manage the quarterback like that in the NFL. It's never worked successfully for any team. Right. They're, this is Foles' job tonight. It's definitely Foles' job in Carolina in 10 days. Uh, they're going to give Foles a full week and a half to get prepared, to get on the same page with these receivers. So, no, the, uh, play will not be the reason Mitch Trubisky comes in. Injury would be the only reason. Right. I mean, because here's what I can see, Jeff, and the only reason I brought that up is I think Trubisky, when a play breaks down, has got a better chance to make something with his legs at this point in his career than Foles does. And I watch, I watched Tampa Bay a couple of times this year, and they're going to get after the quarterback. They've got some dudes, uh, as you well know. That's the only reason I brought it up, just because of what Trubisky can do. And I wish he'd run it more, honestly, uh, when the opportunity was there. But it's injury or nothing for you, huh? It's injury or nothing, and you're preaching to the choir. You know, I had a, a conversation with another writer uh, around the Bears who said they're going to miss Trubisky's legs, and I said he never uses his legs. Right. I mean, it seemed like he, he ran only in the most dire circumstances. He's passed up on touchdowns. He's passed up on first downs. He doesn't extend plays with his legs, and oftentimes when he does extend plays with his legs, he doesn't need to because there are throws to be made. So it, this running element that we've all wanted to see Mitch incorporate, he just never did. And I think that frustrated the team a lot because – you hear from fans, well, why don't they let him run? They, nobody has ever told Mitch, don't run. What they've asked him to do is get through your progressions before you bail out on the play, let the play take place. And it just never, it just never came for Mitch Trubisky. And that happens to a lot of quarterbacks. But, no, I, I think it's Nick's job for the foreseeable future. 
One catch out of the first pick by the Bears this year, Cole Komet out of Notre Dame. Tonight's is, the night, Trent. Tonight's the night, huh? Is this? Uh, are we already trending to another Ryan Pace miss at the tight end position? Absolutely not. No, no. Cole Komet's going to be going to be there. A while again, you have to you have to go back to with with Nick Foles. Mitch Mitch just missed him a few times. With Nick Foles, he's out there blind right now. I mean, I don't. I think fans think, oh, he's played a lot of NFL games. He can just step in there. He's never played a game where Matt Nagy called plays. He's never played a game with a lot of these weapons. And you saw in his first game throwing a bunch to Demetrius Harris. Why? Because I have a feeling Demetrius Harris was on the field with him a lot this summer as the second quarterback. Uh, Why was he feeding Darnell Mooney? Because I have a feeling he had a lot of reps with Darnell Mooney this summer when Darnell Mooney was not yet a starter on this team. Nick Foles has to get a feel for where these guys are, the routes they run well, the routes they don't run well, where they want the ball. Again, I hate to keep going back to mismanagement, but this has to happen on the job now. That's not easy to do, especially against good defenses. So I do think Cole Komet will start to assimilate into the game plan way more here in the next couple of weeks. Four and one or three and two at about 10.30 Central time tonight? I, I think three and two, but I'm holding out hope that this team can win this game with just smarter offensive approach. Uh, there's another quarterback here who should not be able to light them up with his arm. He's going to have to complete 10 and 12 play drives to get into the end zone. The Bears' defense has proven very hard to score touchdowns again. So if they can get the offense into the mid-20s, they can win this game. But that's it. I, I just Until I see it, I'm not ready to predict it. Good stuff, Jeff Hughes. We will talk to you before that Carolina game. Enjoy the game tonight. Appreciate it. All right, take care, guys. Good to talk to Jeff Hughes. TheBearsBlog.com. Lee Sterling coming up. This is an incredible headline, an incredible tweet from the Detroit News. Okay. In the United States of America, breaking, the FBI thwarted what they described as a plot to violently overthrow the government and kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. What? Detroit News. Blue check mark. The FBI thwarted what they described as a plot to violently overthrow the government and kidnap the go- uh, governor of the state of Michigan. Oh. That's crazy. Welcome to 2020. Miller and Condon will welcome Paramount Sports' Lee Sterling next as we take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. Get Hope. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Hi, welcome back to Lauren Condon. About 10 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Chris Level covers Texas Tech. He'll join us to kick off the second hour of the program. John Bowen Camp from HawkeyeNation.com. But right now, Lee Sterling coming off another winning week. ParamountSports.com. Uh, he joins the program. As always, Lee, good to speak with you. Weeks are flying by here, as they always yeah. do in football season. How are things? Can't complain. Uh, <laughs> a little, not as, not as uh, up as I was last week when I thought the Heat had a shot and, and the series was starting. And and uh, the Marlins look like they could be done today, and uh, the Dolphins are now one and three. So, just shows you what can happen in a week. But look at look at the outcome. What's going on there? I mean, you guys take down Oklahoma. I mean, this might be one of those years that four teams end up with three losses for first place mm-hmm. and a tie. 
we've talked about that a little bit this week and the the chances of seeing even that second team in the Big 12 get in with the 7-2 and two record, I think it's going to be difficult. Yeah. And tiebreakers are good. Well, Iowa State's got a couple of nice ones right now I'll with say. Oklahoma and TCU on the front already. A, a team to look out for is BYU. I think they're going to go undefeated. Yeah, well, what's, uh, that's a good... So if they do leave, is their body of work going to be enough that they... I mean, they're going to be in the conversation, and we don't know what the other Power 5 conferences are, will do, but boy, it's going to take a lot, don't you think, for BYU, who, who's certainly... they got a quarterback... But the right. schedule hurts them. The schedule is horrendous. I mean, they, I don't think they play a top 25 team, but you know what? If they win by, you know, 30, 40 points every game, they may not be able to be denied. So, you know, I think the public is always looking for an underdog. And, you know, not that, you know, Ohio State may not be better. They probably are. They probably win by two touchdowns. But, you know what? If it comes down to Ohio State with two losses mm. or Georgia with two losses, you know what? For this year, yeah. let's, let's put BYU in if they're undefeated and uh, they're you know if they, if they every game they win convincingly. And it really helped that the Mountain West is coming back for them. They get a road game right. at Boise State and uh, they finish up with San Diego State. So at least a little bit more meat to a ten and zero BYU bone if we get to that point. Lee, you talked about the struggles of Miami, but the U is undefeated. People are having conversations. Is the U back? I think that's crazy to even talk about. The U being back is winning a national championship. They got a right. long way to go before that. Two touchdowns, though, with Clemson uh, in this one. It's a big number here. What do you see with your Hurricanes as they face off against Clemson? So I think they are much improved. I mean, there's been a bunch of false alarms a couple of years ago when they were 10-0 and three years ago, and then they got whitewashed. Well, they lost first to Pitt, and then Clemson just destroyed them the ACC championship game. I think the talent level's a little bit closer, but the problem is I don't think Clemson, I just think they're going through the motions so far this year. Uh, Miami still has major questions at the offensive line. Uh, they're two defensive tackles. I don't think they'd be in the three deep at Clemson. Their linebackers are really inexperienced. Experienced and got a couple cornerbacks that uh, may be able to may not be able to hang with these wide receivers. So uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, as long as the weather now, there's a ninety percent chance of rain on this game. I have two releases. I wrote two release times on Saturday at uh, seven in the morning your time and four in the afternoon. I'm going to wait until later uh, to see what the weather's like. If it's terrible, uh, I'll pa- probably pass on the game. But if it's just a drizzle. Uh, I'm going to look to Clemson here. I think the Bear has been poked, and I think they're going to win this game 45-24. Mm, you know who I do like on Miami? That 15, Phillips, the defensive end, left defensive end. Yeah, transfer oh, yeah. yeah he's, he's he was legit. at UCLA. Yep, he's absolutely legit. Well, the Red River shootout is usually legit. The, the buzz around this game, well, there's going to be no fans for starters, but, Lee, it doesn't feel like Oklahoma, Texas. Oklahoma, slight favorite about two. How do you see it? Yeah, and in the last couple of years, Oklahoma, the edge they've had, they've had a dual-threat quarterback, and that quarterback was able, with his legs, to extend plays. And sometimes just buying time and, and then hitting on some big plays, throwing the football. Now Texas has that edge with Sam Erlinger. So not that Erlinger isn't really good. Um, you know, just had guys winning Heismans in front of him playing on the other side of the ball. And Spencer Rattler showing his inexperience, throwing interceptions, not much of a running threat. And the dog here, 26-11 and 11 in the series. And here's something, even if you, you, you take away the, the takeaways, the takeaways – OU defense, only two takeaways. Texas, a little better, five on the year. But they can't run the football. Last year, 5.5 yards per carry. This year, Oklahoma, just 3.5 yards per carry. Not many difference makers at running back and receiver. I like Texas here, 38-24.
Going with the horns, mm. let's uh, stay in the Big 12 and head up to Ames. Iowa State coming off a top 25 win. They've been very good in this spot, 4-1, and one, uh, coming off a top 25 win. They get Texas Tech. We still await the decision of Alan Bowman, what he's going to be. The backup, a transfer from Utah State. Played pretty well, though, in relief of Bowman last week. Big number, 12.5. What do you see with the Red Raiders and Clones? Yeah, the, the public is going to be probably on Texas Tech here if Bowman plays, but... I'm not. I mean, the last two games that Tech played, uh, their passing attack, averaging just six and seven yards per pass attempt. On the other hand, Iowa State, much better running attack, and they're averaging nine and 11 yards per attempt. And Tech defense has allowed 30-plus points in 11 of the last 12 games. Give me Iowa State here. They're 4-0 under Matt Campbell uh, since he came against Tech. Straight up and against the spread, Iowa State 41-26. A convincing win. Well, it's yeah. not the shiniest week in the NFL. Uh, week 5 is not doesn't have the best slated games, but Colts is Browns. Game of the week. It might be, Trent. You said this earlier in the <laughs> week. I'm starting to believe you. Colts are a two-point favorite over those Brownies. How do you see this one? Yeah, and we haven't seen Indianapolis play from behind until late in that game against Jacksonville. And Phil Rivers didn't fare too well. I Cleveland might be that team that that makes them play from behind here. Uh, Cleveland, even without Chubb, I mean, uh, you know, they have a, a, an offense that is an absolute force. They can run the football, and then OBJ, he's happy as can be. He passed, uh, caught passes, and ran for a total of 154 yards from scrimmage last week. So. Uh, I just think as long as Cleveland and Baker Mayfield doesn't throw two or more interceptions and they don't commit some dumb penalties, you know, late hits and jump off sides two or three times, I think Cleveland's the right side. Wrong team's favorite, guys. Cleveland, 27-20. Wrong team favorite. There it is, Lee. Let's finish up. Kansas City hosting the Vegas Raiders, a 12-point number here. Of course, Patrick Mahomes hasn't thrown an interception this year. Derek Carr, also without an interception this year. Eight touchdowns and no on the INT side of things. What do you see with that big number of 12? Well, the, the problem with the Raiders is uh, they need Ruggs in the lineup, and he's a game-time decision to stretch the field. And without him, I, I just, you know, I, I don't know if this team can really hurt Kansas City. Kansas City, I mean, everyone talks about their defense being the weakness, but if you watch them play, I mean, this is a, a strong defense. They took it. Uh, to a, uh, a team in Baltimore that everyone thought couldn't be stopped. So uh, I just think that, that Kansas City's defense is getting better and better. And then uh, also look at another injury that really could hurt them. Uh, it's Darren Waller. He's a game-time decision. He's nursing a knee injury, and uh, if he can't go, he's their, he's their best target. I mean, he's the, the guy they look for on third down. So Patrick Mahomes just buying time. I mean, and it's tough enough to guard their guys for three or four seconds. If he buys another three or four seconds, look out. There's a reason Kansas City's covered 11 of the last 12. Give me Kansas City here. 42-20. to Now, hmm. Waller, what a story. What a story. Glad they turned things yep. around. Well, back to the Big 12, your game of the week. If the listeners want any more information on TCU and K-State, TCU is a nine-point favorite. How do they reach you, Lee? Should be a great game here. Um, I mean, these two teams could end up winning it all. Who knows? It's going to change week by week in the Big 12. You want to get this winner? I think I've got the intel. TCU and Kansas State, just call 800 400 Nine seven four one. What a run we've been on! We've won four out of five weeks in crazy times. So not many people can make that claim. So you want to hop on board? Four weeks from now through Monday, November second, just a hundred and ninety-seven dollars works out to fifty dollars a week. 
from my executive phone service, and we will have a 45 to 50 unit release in the NFL. So now's the perfect time to hop on board. $197 for four weeks. ParamountSports.com or call 800-400-9741. Talk to you in a week, Lee. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Chris Level covers Texas Tech. He'll lead off the 11 o'clock hour. John Bowen Camp writes for HawkeyeNation.com. He will join us as well. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.